Everybody say three words with me. Three words with me. <laughs> Smart John. Smart John. All right, everybody repeat these three words I'm about to say. <laughs> Conception. Pregnancy. Birth. Conception. Pregnancy. Birth. Say, I need all three. You need all three. Conception. Pregnancy. And birth. You know, when I was in the States, the Lord began to speak to me before I went to the States, but clarified some things to me when I was in the States. And, uh, and I, and I want, now want to start bringing some of those things to us as a church because I know the timing's right. So my purpose today as I speak and so, is to sow a seed in your heart. It's to sow a seed in your heart about bringing you to a new movement. Come on, just, just say amen. amen. You don't understand what I'm saying yet, but just say amen. amen. Come into agreement. A seed has to be planted in order to bring you to a new movement. Amen. And we're about to make a significant step, decision, and determination as a leadership that's going to thrust us into a new movement. Yeah? And I want you to just, to, today my, my purpose is to bring you to the water's edge. And... Uh, because, and as you come to the water's edge, I want you to, to look across the landscape and see that there's, there's far more of a journey yet to be taken. But at least you're at the water's edge. And uh, when you come to the water's edge, I want you to be conscious that there is much land for you to enter into. There's much more land for you to enter into. And there's a far bigger issues beyond you, yourself. Hello? There's far bigger issues when you look come to the water's edge. There's issues beyond you. It can't, your Christian life can't all be about you. Me, myself and I. That's taken care of as you do God's will. But it can't all be about you and you having your needs met before you do anything. You first of all serve God and as you walk with God and work with God, God takes care of you when you take care of God's business. So it's really important that we really begin to receive new seeds for that. So let me just read a scripture I've been using because I want to keep you on the page. But also, I want to use the software that we've been using, but to move you in a different direction. So the software is Hebrews 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have a confidence to enter the, holy, the most holy place, not just the holy place, the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us. There is a new living way opened up for us. Through the curtain, that's his body, the veil. Amen? And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he was promised he's faithful. I'm using this software word because this is where we've been on our journey. 
And even though I'm moving us in a whole new direction, this word is still about us entering in. Because as we enter into God and into the things of God, we enter into all that God has got for us. Amen? And there is an us involved. And there is, there is a me, there is an us, and there is a them. There is a me, there is an us, and there is a them. And the, what I'm talking about this morning is about an us and about a them. Not about you, but it has to come to you so it involves you. But you have to see that it can't, every day can't be about me. There's an us and there's a them. Can you see that? We come to church not for me, we come for us. So that the us get empowered to go and reach the them. And I'm, I'm convinced that, I'm convinced, totally convinced... That this is God, what God's doing and wants to do. This is the timing. I've been so frustrated as a pastor not to be able to get to this place for months and months, or for years actually. Discipleship was the, the, the launching of it. Now we've just launched the New Year's ADT. And uh, by the time we're finished, we hopefully, we've hoped to have discipled the whole church. That's the plan and goal. And then hopefully we can go into international students and, imp- and, and, and disciple nations. Amen. But meanwhile, we'll disciple nations who are here. Amen. So that started, and I'm really thrilled about that. And I hope they're as thrilled as I'm thrilled. So Genesis chapter 30. So Hebrews 10 is our golden text. That's our software. But I want to open up a scripture for us this morning. Genesis 30 and other scriptures. Genesis 30, starting at verse 22, only a short verse, but nevertheless, a verse that I believe God wants to minister to our lives today. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her, and he opened her womb. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her, and opened her womb. She became pregnant. And gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace, my shame. She named him Joseph and said, may the Lord add to me another son. May the Lord add to me another son. She's just been given one and now she wants another one. She didn't camp at one. I like that about Rachel. May the Lord add to me another son. Last Christmas, in our family, we have a holy tradition on Christmas Day. Uh, is that in the evening, we meet, uh, we go out for coffee and cake on a Christmas evening. It's a, it's a new tradition we started, because normally we've had that much dinner in the afternoon. Nobody wants to eat another meal at night time. So we decided that we'd go out for, we'd go out for coffee and cake, and, uh, and we do that. And uh, last year, I stood in my mother-in-law's living room. We've all got our coat on, and we're about to go out for our coffee and cake. And just as I'm stood in the living room, Ben, my son, says, "Now all the family's there. And just as we're about, we have another holy tradition that says, we don't open the presents on Christmas Day when we're at grandma's. Grands, as we call her. We open, because we all meet together on Boxing Day as well. So we, we let the kids and all the family open up the presents on Boxing Day at Grand's house, because we all go around for, for uh, lunch. 
But then at Christmas night, we've all done our own things, but we go out, we meet together for coffee and cake. So we're stood there, we're about to go out, uh, go out, and Ben turns around to me and says, Dad, I've just got a present I need to give the girls. That's his two daughters, Ella and Harper, my grandchildren. And I'm thinking to myself, why give the kids a present right now when we're just about to go out? And then you know tomorrow's all about presents. When they come round, they'll open the presents for the kids. He said, no, Dad, I just need to give the kids this present. So, okay, we're all stood there with our coats on, keys ready in the hand, ready to get in the car, pile the tribe down to wherever it is we're going. And Ben sits the girls down and he gives them this present. So all the family's watching the two girls and it becomes a moment and we give them the present. As we open the present, as they rip the paper apart, it's a picture frame with a scan that there are, with the news that they're about to be sisters to a new brother. Right? So... And at that point, you're thinking, it's a picture frame, big deal. Why would you give the kids a picture frame? But it's in slow motion. Then all of a sudden, you can hear the coins being fed. You can hear the coins clicking, dink, dink, dink. And then it was surreal, it was in slow motion. All of a sudden, I thought, picture frame, it's a baby, baby, what is, what, oh, they're having a baby. You know, it's like, oh my lord, it was an OMG moment. And then the girls start seeing it. What? Baby, baby, baby. Oh, and they start crying. Well then, everyone gets a wee bit teary. Even granddad's getting a bit teary. Thinking, this is an awesome moment. This is the Christmas. The baby came in the manger. And here they are, seeing the scan of what's going to be delivered in the next couple of months. And now, Fast forward in the story, Hudson, that's the, that was the baby, he's been born, so I have a grandson, they have a brother, and all is well in the Higginson household. And it was, a, it was, a, it was an awesome moment to, to announce the arrival of a new son, or a new baby. And I'll never forget that moment because it was surreal, it's not like, hey dad, I've got something to tell you. We're having another baby. We, as a family, became pregnant. We, as a family, became pregnant. And it was like, yes. Now, the generation today, they want to know everything before everything. So they knew the sex of the baby. So we could announce it's going to be a baby boy. Mary was with a boy. Mary, not Mary, but Natalie, was going to have a boy. So we knew what was expected. But when God plants seed inside every one of us, we don't fully know what's coming. But we know the seed is the expectancy that something can be expected. Something is to be expected through the seed. Amen? It's a powerful moment when you get news that there's a new one on the way. Our greatest moment, a greatest moment in any married couple's life is when they get that news that mum is now with child and they receive the news that they are now pregnant. You know, and we don't know in the natural only one can be pregnant, but the family's pregnant because they're all expecting it. Amen? And no mum has to carry the child. We're all carrying it in some form of emotional way. But you know, Conception is a very powerful thing. 
and a very necessary thing. Because all life begins with conception. All life. And everything God speaks to you and to me begins with conception. The woman at the well, when Jesus was speaking to her, she thought to herself, that was conception. There's a powerful, it's a powerful thing for the children of God to hear the word of God and then for the word of God to be proved to see the God of his word and the word of God are the same God. It's a powerful thing for us to see that. So when, if we take Paul's testimony, the word comes. He had to conceive in his heart God's word before Biologically, they conceived. The word had to come to him first. And when he believes it in faith, the action is easier. So conception has to come in you this morning. What God is speaking has to come. If there is no ability within you to conceive, it doesn't matter what God says. So the, so the question this morning... Do you have capacity to conceive? Sarah, she's 100 years old. She thinks she's got no capacity to conceive. She laughs. I think many 100-year-old women would do more than laugh. She laughs. And then God says to her, why did she laugh? And she said, I didn't laugh. You know, if I've just sprung the trap and said, why did you laugh? When you wasn't in front of me, you were hiding. That's the time to say, yeah, I'm sorry, I did laugh. She laughed because she didn't think it was possible for her to conceive. So there was two conceptions. The one that comes in a mind and the one that had to come into a body. So before you can birth something spiritually, you have to be able to receive intellectually, emotionally, psychologically. If God can't plant his seed inside of you and you'll always wrestle with it and fight with it, then nothing, nothing can ever come to birth. Do you see this, church? This is why the word comes again and again and again. God's graceful to us and merciful to us that he allows his word to keep coming because he said, no, 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 you weren't listening the first time. No, I can see there's no conception there. You haven't conceived so the thing is, is a pastor stands or a leader stands in the pulpit, in a group, whatever they are, they get to speak. And all the time, the only thing I've ever got to give you is seeds. It's the only thing I have. I put my hand in my seed pouch and as I speak, I cast my seed, hopefully, upon good soil. I cast my seed on many different types of ground. Some of my seed will get trampled underfoot. Some will get planted some will get choked by the worries and the deceitfulness of life because the paddle of the sower teaches us that. But the thing is, is when you're around the same people and the people get so dull of hearing that they can no longer conceive, it's time to change the congregation. Good morning, church. God believes in us so much that he allows us to keep hearing and receiving his word. 
And there comes a point, only you can tell, only you know whether you've become so dull of hearing that you can no longer conceive. It's not for me to say you can't conceive. I don't know what you capture. But he says, by the fruits you shall know. Well, by the fruits, one of the fruits is, do you see evidence of conception? Hmm. Do you see evidence of conception in someone's life? Do they take the word? Do they build the word into their life? Do they water the word? Is there evidence that they can live the word? That's a good sign that you can add to that person. But the person who does nothing with it, it doesn't matter how many times you speak, there is no ability to conceive. The womb is dead. Wow. Our generation has got too many barren wombs. Church-wise, I'm speaking, spiritual-wise. Our nation needs fertile wombs who can carry the life of God into society. Amen? So the word conceive, conceived, or conception, I'm putting them all together, is the action of conceiving a child or of one being conceived. So the word conceive, conceived, conception bringing them all together, is the action of conceiving a child or one being conceived. That's one definition. The other definition is the forming or devising of a plan or an idea. The forming or the devising of a plan or an idea. So when God speaks and puts his seed into you, he speaks to you of his plan. God never has an idea. God has a plan. God doesn't think, you know, I was thinking the other day, me and the Father, me, me and the Holy Ghost were just talking. We came up with this idea. God doesn't have an idea. God has a plan. He works from an eternal fixed plan. God doesn't change his mind. So he doesn't need an idea. He's got foreknowledge. So because he's got foreknowledge, he knows what's coming. Yes, he's got knowledge before it happens. Amen. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Picking up at verse 9. So here we are, we have to see if we're, we can be young and intelligent. We can be at university. We can be in the throes of education and still not able to conceive. When God speaks. However, it says in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. However, it is written. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived. Right, stop there for a second. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind has conceived. Let's pick it up. What God has prepared for those who love him. So there is room and there's a space there for the children of God to hear, see and know what God's got planned for them. So if no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived, I need a supernatural God to help me conceive. Is that a fair comment? If no one's ever seen it, and God's now allowing me and you to see it, it's allowing us to do this by supernatural grace. I want to know what God's prepared for me, don't you? I want to know what God's prepared for us. I want to know what God's prepared for them. Right. So therefore then, 
we need to conceive. I said we all need to conceive. Because I can't, if I've not heard it or saw it or conceived it, I've got a blind spot. So I need God to show me these things and you need God to show you these things so that we can have a fresh move where we conceive the heart of God. So, but God has revealed it to us. Thank God. God has revealed it to us. So, you know in part. You know in part, but you don't know the full picture. Right. So, we need further seeds so we know more than what we knew last week. Amen. Every time we read the word of God, it comes to us a seed. This is exactly it adds to it. So, then you take care of your seed and keep watering it. So that every time the word comes, you can keep conceiving. And out of what you conceive, you can see. Out of what you conceive, you can see. Now I see. Now it gives me hope. So listen. But God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. There's things deep in God that you, that the, if the Spirit of God knows the mind of God, so we can go inside of God, pick out the deep things, impart them into you, so that you can now conceive what's in the depth of God. Amen. Wow. Yes. Wow. For who among man knows the thoughts of man? I don't even know my own thoughts sometimes. Except the man's spirit within him. So my spirit will remind me of what I've conceived. When my mind forgets, my spirit speaks to me and, and tells me, hey, we're pregnant down here. You better learn to carry this word with a, bit of more, with a little bit more caution. Because if you don't, you're going to do the wrong things and damage the seed that's in there. Okay, so we're just talking about conception at the moment. We're not talking about pregnancy. We're talking about conception. Carrying the seed is a different ball game. We're talking about conception right here. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand, because it's out the understanding we conceive. What God has freely given to us. So, we know God's given to us many, many things. Then all of a sudden someone reveals to you one of those things. And at that moment in time, you may be struggling in that area. And it comes to you as a, as a revelation, as a, a shining light. And you go, wow, I didn't realize that the truth of this word can apply to me. Now you can conceive it. Now you can conceive it. Remember, it's either the action of conceiving a child or it's the devising of a plan. So when, pick up this scripture, 1 Corinthians, when the ear begins to hear, certain things begin entering into the mind. Think about this. When your ear begins to hear, when that ear begins to hear, certain things begin to enter in to your mind. Yes, is that true? And what happens is then, is as it begins to enter into your mind, the mind begins to manufacture seeds. Amen. 
We call them seed thoughts. Yes? Thoughts are seeds. So as you hear, how does faith come? And by hearing the word of God. So when you hear, your mind begins to... So when, your, your, when you hear, hears the word, your mind begins to manufacture faith seeds as thoughts. Amen? Let's, come, let's pick it up a minute. What your eyes see... Your mind can focus on. True? It's sent to the mind. What you see is then sent to the mind. And you think on those things. Yeah? This then begins a process. A process. Now you're beginning to strategize and working towards what your mind is now processing. So it's the beginning of action. Yes? The wheels start turning. Because now you've given me a seed thought. Now my eyes are beginning to see things. My eyes are open. I begin to see things. I begin to process at a level that I didn't when I just heard. And it's moving me towards a new action. What the mind can't see, the heart cannot capture. What the mind cannot see or conceive, it cannot capture. Yeah? It cannot capture any further potential seed that's being offered if it can't see. Doesn't matter how much seed's been given out, if it can't conceive, it can't capture. And therefore, other seed will be wasted, and this is what happens. Good seed then is falling to the ground, and you're trampling on your own seed. And that's what so many of us do. The seed is spoken. And we just trample on our own seed and never, ever realize. And it's all because we can't conceive. We've all done it. Every one of us have done it. There was a young lady or a young virgin called Mary. And the heavens began the process of conception. She had to hear the word first before she, she conceived. The word had to be announced and declared audibly so that the process of her ears, her eyes, and her mind could move to the very thing that was being declared. Now let's take the, the issue of Zachariah. Zachariah's wife could not conceive. The angel speaks to Zachariah in the temple. But Zechariah could not conceive what the angel was saying. And he says this. Well, how can I be sure of this? Wrong question. See, that was his mind not being able to conceive. But Mary, as the young virgin, let's look at her for a second. She had no issue with hearing the angel speak. She could hear. But what she heard, she couldn't see. Yeah? What she heard, she could not see. Therefore, she struggled to enter in to what was being declared. Because when she couldn't see it, she couldn't enter into that point. The difference is, a heart was different from Zacharias. 
Let's go uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 34. See, Zechariah said, how can I be sure of this? So there was doubt there. So conception could not come to him because of doubt and unbelief. But she, this young girl, asked a different question. How can this be? Now, how can I be sure of this? How can this be? It's a, it's a question with a different heart. How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? It's a logical question. How can this be? Help me understand. I can't enter in. My eyes are hearing. I'm seeing you. But I can't see exactly what you're saying. So I'm going to come to faith. And the, and the process of conception is about to begin in me. I need you to help me. I want to make the journey, but you just got to help me. Not a problem, the angel says, because I turned up with the last dude, and he was a completely different story. And she says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, did you pick up a key word there? The key word is overshadow. Overshadowed. If conception is about to take place in you, there has to be an overshadowing. There has to be an overshadowing. In other words, there has to be some way that what I reveal to you has to get saved to the file. You see, you hear things, but you've not opened up a file in your heart. That says, more to be added. So on your desktop, on your phone, you've got apps. On your desktops, you've got files. Now you can open up a a file, and there doesn't have to be anything in the file. The file just needs a name. There are many files in Paul's mind, it says to be continued. To be added to. Right? There's nothing in the file. But he had a thought one day. And the fact that he had a thought meant the file opened, but it's still empty. True? We've all got those files that I had a thought, but I wasn't quite sure it was God. But it arrested me for five minutes, so I know there's a light imprint on my desktop telling me, I'm coming back and I'm going to talk to you about this in the days ahead. True? Where I'm at right now, stood here in this church, is because of that very experience. So this icon has been flashing to be added, to be continued. So then you say, well, at some point, Lord, you better start speaking. But when I do start speaking, if you can conceive, you will open that file and recognize this file needs adding to. This is the very file. So now God starts to add to that file because he knows now I've got your attention. That's proof you have conceived. Right? He can keep adding to that file. He can send it wherever he wants because now there's something in it. But first of all, he's got to get it on your desktop. See, because I have files and Phil laughs at me all the time and moans. I got files, I give them names in the moment and then forget what I've called them. We've all done that. When you've got as many files on your computer as I have, right? And then you put files within files within files. No one's going to find these. No, not even you. 
and then you try doing word searches to try and find it, and the machine, machine says, we ain't got a clue what you called it. And you just hope the machine's got a better memory than you. Yeah? So I have a file on my machine called Current Thoughts. Because this old man's getting older. So I have ancient thoughts and current thoughts. Right? And now I have files that I know God's speaking to me about. And anything that I... I might give it a crazy name as I'm thinking about it. I throw it in current thoughts. It doesn't get lost now. Because I'm smart to throw it in this file called current. Current can be five years. Current can be yesterday. If you're not in current thoughts... It's yesterday's thoughts. And yesterday can be 10 years. But current thoughts are the things that stir in me now. So everyone should create a current thought app on their desktop. Yeah? So here we go. Mary now has been announced. It's been announced to Mary that you are going to conceive. But how can this be? Well, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. Now we're going to go from a a Word file to a PDF. So heaven will have a file, you will have a file, and what heaven speaks can be downloaded into you and overwritten onto your desktop. Is that okay? Of course it is. But Nicodemus didn't have the same kind of look, or good fortune, should say, look's the wrong word, didn't have the same kind of insight that Mary had, because if we go to John 3, verse 7, now, When we look at Nicodemus here, we're looking at... Nicodemus was not just a teacher. Nicodemus was Israel's teacher. There's a big difference when you're Israel's teacher rather than just a teacher. He was Israel's teacher. Like, it's not just a leader, it's the pastor that's not getting it. If the leaders get it and the pastor doesn't get it, the church is going to be divided. So here it says in John 3, 7, You should not be surprised at me saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. It is with everyone, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Hmm. Nicodemus asked, You are Israel's teacher. But you have no capacity to conceive what I'm saying to you. Wow. Jesus said, You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you don't understand these things. There is no evidence of conception in you. Wow. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify of what we have seen. Yeah? But still you people do not accept our testimony. Still you people have not got sufficient capacity to conceive what I am about. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak heavenly things. He could not conceive on the natural level, so therefore, he could not make the transition into conceiving on a spiritual level. This is many of our problems. 
sometimes you have to let go of your earthly experience and connect to a heavenly conception. And other times, it's out of the natural that God speaks to you and gives you a spiritual interpretation. Yes? The two are very much involved in our life at certain times. Do you see this? Nicodemus could not enter in. Zachariah eventually entered in, but it was delayed. So we've got delayed, we've got entered in, we've got didn't enter in. Zachariah entered in, but it was delayed, because he couldn't explain it. He could, not he could not explain what he conceived. That's frustration. Our kids are like that. They don't have words and language to explain what they feel. So they get frustrated. Mary understands and she enters in. Nicodemus can't understand and can't enter in. And because he couldn't, he couldn't enter in, Israel couldn't enter in. Wow. What you can't conceive will cost others. Oh. What you don't conceive will cost others. It will cost you and it will cost others. So, Chris, there's a power yet to come upon you to give you conception. And I say, Lord, let it be. Amen. There is a power yet, still yet to come on us to give us conception for the things of God. Amen. Now, can you conceive that you need a conception? Does everyone conceive that there is more? Can you conceive that you don't have all that you want and need? Though all has been given, you don't feel like you've got all you need. There's a paradox right there. So you need conception to see what God has already given us. Yes? So there is a power yet to come upon you and us as a fellowship. Can you see this? There's a power desperately needed to overshadow us. Because what we need does not come from the natural realm. The Holy Spirit who is announcing to us there's more to us this morning is the same Holy Spirit that says I need to overshadow you so that you can enter in to what I see. Can you see this church? Announcing is one thing. But the overshadowing is another. So he can move us to the next place. There's a power through such an overshadowing that will enable you and I to conceive things that we could not see, not hear, and never imagine. That power is here. There is a power needed for you to bring things to birth. But if you can't get past conception, we're gone. Can you see this, church? The power of conception is powerful beyond our thoughts or imagination. So I haven't forgot Rachel. Let's go back to Rachel, Genesis 30. I read the scripture out, but we need to look at dear old Rachel. God remembered Rachel. Genesis 30, 
22. God remembered Rachel. Where did I put my water? Oh, there it is. I did have a bottle of water. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. God remembered Rachel. Why did God remember Rachel? Because she had the capacity to conceive. At some point in her life, through an overshadowing, the capacity to conceive was in her. God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and he opened her womb. Your mind might be your womb. Your pocket might be your womb. Your feet might be your womb. Your hands might be your womb. Your eyes might be your womb. Whatever God can open, that can be your womb. There are things that God wants you to touch and hold that you will never touch and hold unless you conceive, that you can touch and hold. There are some places God wants you to go that unless you can conceive, your feet will never take you there. Hmm? There are people God wants you to feel about and think about and reach, but if your heart can't capture it, you'll never go. There are people that need financing. Ministries that need sowing into. Projects that need funding. All the money you raise and I raise can't be about just only for us. God has a kingdom and there's many, there are many things in the kingdom that need sponsoring and supporting and sowing into. Your pockets could be God's solution to those things. But if you can't conceive it and all you do is close your pockets, they're only for me and for me and my family, then there are wealth, there's wealth that you will never touch. It all starts... What can I conceive? What can I conceive? It doesn't matter how old you are. God is not phased by how old you are. Let's go to Hosea chapter 9 just for a second. And we're going to keep your finger in Genesis. We're coming back to dear old Rachel. But I want to show you something here. Hosea chapter 9 verse 11. As for Ephraim... Their glory will fly away like a bird. Just stop there. She'll fly away like a bird. Something's about to leave her. Why? She has no birth, no pregnancy, and no conception. A whole nation's glory is about to be lifted off her because they have no birth, no pregnancy, and no conception. Is it possible... That if our nation does not conceive the seriousness of the hour that she's in, our birth, our pregnancy, and our conception of making our nation great could leave us for a decade, two decades, three decades, if we can't conceive the moment we're in. Now listen, it's all right to say the nation. Let's start with you. Let's start with you, the one who is hearing the word of the Lord, over the nation right now, in this house. How often have you been praying? How often have you been supporting, backing up? Our nation's glory can be lost because we don't conceive. 
I don't expect Boris Johnson to conceive. I expect the church first. And as the church starts praying, it's up to God whose hearts he touches. I know Boris is there for his career path. Boris was a lever, a remainer, who realised there's an opportunity for him. However, he can still be God's man. As daft as he might look, he still might be God's man. I thought Theresa May might be God's man. We might need a few men before we get there. But we only need a few good men. So, for, as for Ephraim, their glory will fly away like a bird. No birth, no pregnancy, no conception. Do you realise how serious that is? Do we want that to be said of our church? The Dream Centre has no birth, no pregnancy, no conception. That cannot be our legacy. That will not be our legacy. So, have you noticed how God, when he speaks, he speaks it in a different order than you and I speak it? You and I say conception, pregnancy, birth. True? Conception, pregnancy, birth. But when he speaks about Ephraim, he says birth, pregnancy, conception. But God remembered Rachel. God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and he opened her womb. She became pregnant. She gave birth and God gave her a son. God has taken, and then she made a declaration. God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, may the Lord add to me another son. Let's break this down. We're out of here then. God remembered Rachel. God will remember you. God will remember us. Yes, God will remember us. Those who pray, those who stood, those who stand, those who fight for the things of God. God will always remember those. And God is obligated to work on behalf of those people who are working with him. Yes? Second thing, God listened to her. God listened to her. Not only God remembered, but God listened. And I'm knowing that every time we're praying, God's listening to us. He just doesn't remember us, he's listening to us. Then the third thing, God opened her womb. Because he saw the capacity to conceive. The thing is, we often ask ourselves, God, why aren't you doing things through me? Because you can't conceive. But God opened my womb. Well, how can I open my womb when you won't even open your Bible? Or your mouth? Come on. If you want your womb to be open, open your mouth and open your Bible and open your heart. Three things, three doors have to be open in you. Then what happened? I said, when he opened her womb, a womb can be our eyes, our ears, our mind, like I said. But then she conceived. When her womb was open, it's amazing how when you can conceive, you and your wife conceived that God was about to move. The next conception took place. The womb was opened. And Jacob, uh, sorry, Joshua was planted. The destiny of a Joshua was planted and the lineage began to increase. 
She conceived the ability to fertilize and ovulate in the spirit. Oh yes. Is there any eggs that need fertilizing inside of you? Oh, there's a lot in me. Those thoughts come to me. Now, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, I've conceived. Now I need you to fertilize the file. Now I need you to fertilize the file. And you know how we fertilize it? Think on these things. Think on these things. And as you give your mind and attention, as you move towards those things that dropped into that file, the Spirit of God begins to fertilize. And the more you fertilize, the more you ovulate, and the more you keep producing more eggs. Because in the days ahead, He'll fertilize them. It's not a egg. Eggs. They don't say, keep all your egg in a basket. They say, keep your eggs. Don't put your eggs in one basket. Because you need more than one egg. And the women said. So God remembered. God listened to her. He opened her womb. She conceived. She became pregnant. So it's gone from a thought now to something far more serious. The ability to carry the burden and the joy of heaven in your heart. The, abur- the, the ability to carry the burden and the joy of heaven in your heart. And then, she gave birth. Yeah. Woo! The fruit of your labor is seen and celebrated with others. Yeah. So she gave birth. Then, then, watch. And then if you read that verse, he said, God is, uh, sorry, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, there was a declaration now made. God has taken away my disgrace. In other words, a new proclamation declared a new hour. God has taken away the past. The shame, the shame of not being able to birth. The shame of not of being in that prison and not being able to celebrate a child. The shame has gone. Now I have my portion. One more. And then he says, she named him Joseph and said. So there was another declaration. Two declarations. And she said, may the Lord add to me. She wants another egg. Add to me another egg. Add a new portion to my life, Lord. New territory. New life and a new extension. Next time I speak, I'm going to talk to you about new territory. Because now you're talking, now, you've, now you can conceive. We're not pregnant. Let's not kid ourselves. I just talked to you about conception. Some of you can now conceive. But it does not mean that we're pregnant. When you're moving into a new move of God, conceive first. Then move the people into pregnancy. Then bring the people into birth. So conception is my game this morning, is my aim. I wanted to bring you to the water's edge. I wanted you to see across the line that pregnancy is on the other side. All I've done today is conceive that God, that there's things I've not yet seen, things I've never heard, things I've not yet entered into. But the thought that I'm conceiving them this morning shows me that there's more on the other side. 
Now I need to move my concept from conception to pregnancy. Now this week it's your role to say, Holy Spirit, I must be able to conceive. You've got to make room in my heart. I'll make room in my time if you make room in my heart. I'll open my heart. I'll open my Bible. I'll open my mouth. I'll speak. I'll read. I'll declare of my own life. And I'm picking this word up and I'm going to conceive in the spirit. Because if I don't conceive the rest of this journey, you won't be there. I really need you and God needs us all to conceive. I believe in every one of us has the ability to conceive. Some of us may conceive at different stages. That's fine. But as long as we conceive at some point. Now there's always the early adopters. There's those who can get pregnant just by looking at a baby. There are those who like a little practice. Then there are those who struggle, but eventually get there. Amen? All those are in this church. And guess what? It's got to go next door. It's got to go next door. Why? Because the whole church has got to be able to conceive. If I can open the mind of a child to see that mummy and daddy loves them, it brings great security in the heart and the mind of a child. So if I can show that if you've got first level, and then I can show them the heart of the Holy Father. Because if they're having problems on the earthly level, you talking about a Heavenly Father loving them, and they can't see it on the natural level, it's very difficult for a child to reach out. We don't want to hinder our children. We want to build a pathway so they can conceive. Amen. Amen. Why can't our children be pregnant? We're talking spiritually. Why can't our children be pregnant with dreams? Why can't our youth? Because everybody else is trying to put a dream inside our young people. So why can't we do that? Why can't God put dreams? So conception is, is the key word this morning. No mind has conceived, but yours has. No mind has conceived. Why? Because... They've been revealed to us by the Spirit. So therefore, we can enter in because of the Spirit. Amen? So let's stand to our feet. I hope and pray that you see this. The need in this hour is for you to conceive. So open up. Just raise your holy hands, if you will, with me as I pray and conclude. Why do you ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, help me to conceive. Help me to see those things, hear those things, move towards those things that I cannot see and I'm not yet conceived. Holy Spirit, let there be a new conception taking place deep within my heart. Oh God, put it deep into my spirit that my mind will not confuse it or ignore it or debate it or undermine it. Put it deep within my spirit. Let there be an overshadowing taking place in me just like there was Mary to seal what was spoken to her. Let there be an overshadowing right now in the name of Jesus to seal and to protect that which has been spoken. Oh, my Lord. My Lord. 
Let the spirit of your mind be renewed this morning. Let the spirit of your mind be renewed in the presence of God. Oh, Father, right now I pray. Raise your hands if you will. Right now, Father, I pray. Holy Spirit, I pray, overshadow this congregation. Let there be an overshadowing taking place. Seal what has been conceived. Protect what has been conceived. Oh, Father, I'm asking you, oh God, as we start this journey, Lord, that you would bring in the hearts of your people such a divine conception. Such has never taken place. Let it captivate the hearts of your people. And let it bring them into the next stage, O oh God. Oh, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus. Bring us in, O oh God. Let us enter in. Oh, my God, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Oh, Father. You know, church, when I... Finally unpack this thing and you see where we're going as a church. You will understand why I'm talking like this. Because when I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket this morning. There's some, I want to take you on a journey so you can see it. We've talked about this as a leadership. We know the stakes are high right now. And if I told you what our plan was right now, if you can't conceive that, it's too much. So I feel it's very, it's very wise in the spirit to take this journey with you. To we, outlay, uh, we outlay it so that you can enter into it stage by stage so that when we drop the big picture, you've made the journey. Rather than throw it on you and go, we're going to do this. And you go, Whoa. no, prepare a people ready. Make a people ready. So conception is the first this morning. Put your hand on your heart and say, Father, I am, I am ready to conceive. Oh God Almighty, the wonders, the dimensions are new. I'm ready to conceive. Let my mind and my heart conceive what you've got in store. Just as you announced it, Lord, take away Nicodemus factor out of my heart. Take away the Zachariah factor out of my heart. And give me the heart of Mary to conceive what is being announced in this moment. In the name of Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a standing ovation. The Lord bless you.